0: Hello everyone and welcome back to a theater near you. My name is Chris Randazzo, and I'm joined this evening, as always, by unabashed poser Paul Giroux. That's me. And Mimicking Assassin Sean Doyle.
1: Who are you? Who am I? Who do we kill?
0: (laughs) This is a bit of a bonus episode, because we all saw Black Widow and we simply couldn't couldn't not discuss it. Was the long-awaited solo film worth the wait? Let's find out. But first, how are you,
2: gentlemen? Is this a bonus episode? Or is this just an alternate timeline where we, where we decided that the next movie would be the new movie and not the movie that started with C? No, we, we
0: have to save that for our Loki
1: episode. <laughs> and maybe this is last week's episode, last month's episode, and that's why we're doing the letter B. It all works out. I think Paul's right. Alternate timeline. <laughs> that's um, right.
2: We're all variants. Oh man, I have to. I, wait, I have to tell you something. As long as we're talking about being stuck on the letter B. So I, I should not <laughs> curious where this is going. Oh, I should not have done this, but like every time, you know, like every time uh, it's time to record the podcast, um, usually Nate is coming upstairs to take a shower and like get ready for bed and stuff. And, you know, Sherry will read to him cause I'm, I'm doing this. Um, so we kind of have this moment where like, you know we meet in the hallway and he like goes towards the bathroom and I go towards this little like guest bedroom office so that I could do the podcast. And so the last couple of times he's gotten real curious and he's like, well, what are you doing in there? And then I explained to him that it's a podcast and he's like, his like eyes lit up. He's like so excited. Cause you know, he's into like all this weird stuff. Now he's into like making CDs and making tapes, you know, and he's like, you, you can do a podcast. So like, This time around, he asked me what the podcast was about, and I was like, It's about movies. And like, I was like, Last time we did, you know, Bill and Ted, and this time we're doing Black Widow. And he's like, I know you only do new movies, but maybe you could, you know, and I was like, Well, actually, we just go through the alphabet, and you know, like next time we're doing the letter C. And he's like, Before you move on to the letter C, you should do Boss Baby 2. And he's like, I'll watch it with you. And I was like, oh, oh, I, uh, oh I'll bring it up.
1: <laughs> in, in in all fairness, I didn't see Boss Baby 1. Was it a great movie? I don't know. Sometimes cartoons are great.
0: I'm unfamiliar with Boss Baby.
1: It's Baldwin, isn't it?
0: Didn't somebody...
1: Isn't like... it Alec Baldwin doing the voice of the baby and the baby's got to, I guess, be a boss? I don't. I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's what it is. I'm sure it's every bit as awful
0: as you'd imagine it was yeah no it's I thought it was like directed or you know written by somebody they cared about but no it's 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 definitely not uh yeah that looks looks awful Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna go ahead and steer clear of that um, anyway, let's see. Let's go over the basics here. Uh, Black Widow was released on July 9th, 2021, and was produced, obviously, by Marvel Studios and distributed by Disney. It was directed by Kate Shortland, who also directed the 2012 film, film Lore in the TV series The Secret Life of Us and 2017's Berlin Syndrome. The screenplay was written by Eric Pearson, who, whose other writing credits include the Agent Carter TV series and Thor Ragnarok. And the story was by Jack Schaefer and Ned Benson, whose writing credits include WandaVision, Olaf's Frozen Adventure, and the short film Yes. The movie is a long overdue solo film that tells the story of Black Widow's past and is set during slash between the events of Civil War and Infinity War. So, uh, yeah, this is a, uh, an alternate timeline. Or bonus episode, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, we also finished Loki the, the other night. I, did, are you guys both caught up on Loki? Oh, yeah.
1: I, no, I haven't seen the last episode, so everything but the uh, last episode.
0: Okay, drat, then. I'm not going to dive into that. Not that like, it was a big bombastic season finale, but it was a very interesting one.
2: All right. Yeah. All right.
0: It was a lot less explodey than I expected, because, you know, Marvel things tend to be very explodey towards the end. Sure. And this was less explodey than than most Marvel things were in the end. It was really more talky and interesting, which uh, I was totally into.
2: I know we're not here to talk about these TV shows, but these TV shows have been pretty cool, I think. Like, with Loki, I had the same experience that I had with WandaVision, like, when it started. I was like, I, I don't know about this. Like, this, they, they both kind of started slow, but then... Like, once they sort of got to the spectacle of it, I was like, I was all in with both of them.
0: Yeah, me too. I've been just thoroughly enjoying the Disney Plus series. It's making a, it's making the weights between Marvel movies feel more like comics, you know what I mean? You know, because you get a new iteration every month, basically, and uh, these ones kind of... You were getting something new every month for for a while now, right? Like, it was... Uh, WandaVision was... uh what was it, Back in... March,
1: April, time is lost all meaning. I actually wrote all this down because I'm a nerd. Um, I did too because I'm a nerd, but I'm a forward-thinking nerd. I'm pretty sure we get seven Marvel movies in seven months starting in September, which is freaking wild. So WandaVision was
0: pretty early, and then we had Falcon and Winter Soldier not long after that. Loki started in June. Black Widow happened in July. What If happens in August. Shang-Chi is September. Uh, and then we have Eternals in November and Spider-Man in December. And then Miss Marvel and Hawkeye series are also, also both slated for this year. So, th- theoretically, it looks like we have, if, like, say, Miss Marvel comes out in October, October, and who knows when Hawkeye is coming out, that's at least one Marvel thing a month for the rest of the year.
1: And when I said seven for seven, I was including, and I don't know that I should, but I think I should, Venom comes out in, I think it's September or October. Right. And there's. Ah, they're, I think they're connected at this point, right?
0: I feel like it's. I feel like it's honestly, no joke, it's probably an alternate timeline. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Uh, because it's, they're being super coy about it, right? Because you've got. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Batman's in there. Um, no, no, Michael- Batman
1: is in. <laughs> we shouldn't Michael call him Batman. Keaton. Oh, Michael Keaton. In, is he's in, Morbius. in Morbius, right? But Morbius was originally—that's a Sony product, yeah—and it was originally supposed to be expanding the Venom verse.
0: Exactly. And then the Venom verse also had like, did Wasn't there like pictures of something Spider-Man yeah, related in like the an, background?
1: Right. And then there was like Easter eggs in the the uh, uh, the trailer where you can see like on the newspaper it says Avengers uh-huh in the newspaper so it's like they are being coy about it i didn't maybe that's what what multiverse of madness or whatever that's coming yeah is gonna... i'm
0: i'm assuming this is some sort of multiversal thing like i just don't think this takes place in the same universe but like ever since what's his face x-men quicksilver showed up on wandavision
1: but then he wasn't even supposed to be quicksilver he's supposed to be the neighbors and it's, it's just random it's like, just random. Well now you're just being a dick about it, Marvel. Thing. That's what
0: that's what they've told us so far. But we also know that Marvel are freaking liars.
2: So Well, with that Quicksilver thing on WandaVision, like that was the only way they were gonna throw a twist at you. You know, like like that was that was the only way they were gonna keep you guessing was if that actor played Quicksilver, you know? Mm. Um Uh what the hell was I gonna say? Uh yeah, just like In trying to get back to talking about Black Widow and with sort of, like, talking about all these TV shows that we've had lately, like, I feel like it's been so long since we've seen a Marvel movie and these TV shows have been the only thing that have been, like, keeping us going for a while that I feel like I forgot how to watch a Marvel movie. Like, I forgot... (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like, it was an adjustment when I realized, like, oh, we were supposed to see this last year. Like, we were supposed to see this movie a year ago.
0: Yeah, it definitely felt... I mean, I will, we'll get to a few more of our personal details in a minute, but it definitely felt weirdly out of place when I watched it. Um, even thinking of when it was originally supposed to come out, I feel like it's still weirdly out of place. But
1: So, that's like the... the as the credits started rolling before the end scene... Uh, that's. I turned to Jacqueline, and we basically said the exact same thing to each other. We were like, "Why the hell didn't this come out like right after Civil War, right before Avengers Endgame? Or, not Endgame, uh, the first Infinity War, or whatever." Mm-hmm. It was like this. It felt like that they were they wrote it. They were going to do it. They decided not to do it. And then people were like, no, do it, do it. And they were like, all right, let's do it. You know what? We already wrote a good movie that we were going to do before. Let's just <laughs> do that one now. And then as me and Jacqueline were like, that's our main complaint about this movie is why did it come out now? As we were saying that, they hit you with the end scene, which obviously could only happen after the uh, Infinity, or the end game.
0: No, I disagree.
1: And that felt like, it felt like tacked on, like... My first thought was, you put that on here just because everybody you tested this with was like, Why is this coming out now? You were <laughs> like, We have to give a good reason why this came out now. So just put an end scene on that goes after everything.
0: But now imagine this actually did come out at that point, and that's the end scene. Now you're like, Okay, who's uh who's the chick from Seinfeld? Mm-hmm. How did she die? And how is Clint responsible for her death? Now you gotta sit on that until endgame comes out. How cool would that have been? Oh, the, I, the yeah, yeah, all right.
2: <laughs> oh, if this came out been before awesome. Endgame,
0: yeah. yeah imagine yeah. if this game, this movie, actually came out when because other it fits than that in last scene, like after after right. uh, after Civil War, right? Before Infinity War, before Endgame, before that just comes out, and this is how I intend to watch it going forward: is after watching Civil War. Now that whole thing just becomes a really crazy setup. Like, all right, so at some point she's gonna die. Apparently, Clint's responsible, and this woman's here. Like, and then the, she doesn't show up until uh, you know you you see her at the end of a uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, ages later. But even then, that's not that long later. Uh, you know, as far as recurring characters in the uh, MCU go, like remember when Sif showed back up in Loki? Like, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was a hell of a callback. But uh, I I think that would have worked even cooler back then. So then we'd be just sitting there thinking the whole time. At some point, she's going to get killed, when's it going to be, and how's it going to be Clint's fault? I think that would have been a really fun thing to be floating around in our heads.
2: Well, this, you know, this Marvel Cinematic Universe is so massive at this point, and they have so many stars, even just playing minor characters, you know, that that's how they can can interconnect all this stuff and sort of make these meaningful, cool moments between TV shows and... Movies, I mean, the, the WandaVision thing sort of hinged on that, you know, that team of um Monica Rambo and uh uh-huh. and Jimmy Woo and um, what's her face Darcy. from the first two Thor movies, Darcy, Darcy. or whatever. Um, like, that, I mean, that, that was, was
1: great work, way to pull together some B characters that really just popped off well together. Yeah, it yeah. was a cool like,
2: team of people, yeah. Um yeah, but I don't know, if if this had come out before Endgame with that ending, it would have I mean, I guess it would have ruined the mystery of like what was gonna happen on uh what was it called? Bormir? The the the, the like death world. I think it's I think it's Vormir. Vormir. Then, Chris, I don't, I don't
1: know. I don't know if it would have ruined it or if Chris is right, it would have built up anticipation. You would have seen the two of them go in there together. You would be like, is this it? Is this it?
0: Yeah, like how many... I would have been, would have been sitting every time that she was in some sort of danger
1: be like, is this where they're going to do it? Is this where they're going to do it? And then in that scene, Hawkeye jumps off the cliff You see him airborne. She's still laying on the ground last you see, and then she goes flying off after him like a... You know, but it's kind of in slow motion, so you have a full second to digest. Mm -hmm. Hawkeye is clear of the cliff. He's falling. Yeah. And then she dives off after him, catches him, ties him to her rope or whatever. So the...
0: Yeah. But therein lies the big question. That was on freaking Vormir. How the heck does uh, uh, Elaine from Seinfeld know what happened there? Which clearly she doesn't actually know what happened there because she's saying... Clint's the one responsible for her death. When that's not true, she was responsible
1: for her death a hundred percent. Clint actively tried to make her not do that. Right. So, God, I hope this ends up actually being Elaine from Seinfeld, and they <laughs> warped that whole thing in. That was part of the Marvel universe, <laughs> and this is where Elaine goes with her career. You know, she gets her shit together and yeah. uh, joins the government. It's
2: just another branch of the multiverse. You know, <laughs> it can be mm-hmm. like, hey, do you know who's responsible for her death? Bam, bing, bing, bing. all right so uh how
0: how exactly did everyone watch this watch this movie because i know this was available in a couple of different
2: formats so paul how did you watch the movie well you guys both went to the movies to watch it didn't you i did yeah yeah i i think i might be the only one that watched it on the disney plus um which uh yeah, I don't know. Uh like, you know, we had been talking about like, oh, this is one of those this is one of those things I'd wanna see in the movies. Like this is a big spectacle thing that I would wanna see in the movies. I think sometimes me just wanting to go to the movies is because I wanna go to the movies and if I have the option to watch something, you know, like not with a bunch of other people that are gonna like be on their phones and throwing popcorn and stuff like that, I'm like happy to do it, you know, like Like, I don't think I regularly want to pay the price of two movie tickets to sit Mm. in my house and watch a movie that's new, but I think occasionally it's cool to have the option. Um, And, you know, that was also one of the reasons I got HBO for the summer, because I'm like... You know, Suicide Squad's gonna come out on HBO. You know, all these. You know, the Mortal Kombat did and Kong and Watch Godzilla. the Snyder Cut. Yeah, you know. So um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, like a subscription to have that option is like, like I'll I'll do that and then I'll see it's other kind of stuff no in Rainer. the movie theater. Um, yeah. but yeah, I watched it on Disney Plus the night that it came out.
0: Wow, I'm like,
2: I'm genuinely shocked that you didn't, you know,
0: do something else instead of watching a uh, Black Widow. What? 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 Your your usual
1: joke. (laughs) I I wasn't prepared for this. (laughs) (laughs) You guys
2: watch the new Black Widow? (laughs) I've already prepped my joke for the next time, so since this was an alternate timeline episode, I did not have a joke Ah, prepared.
0: So you guys watch Black Widow? See, I went in my backyard and watched Black Widow Spider. I'm not as good at this as you are. I'm just
1: Black Widow, the 1979 movie, but no, I don't got that.
0: <laughs> Sean, how about you? How, how did you watch this?
1: I went to the movies. I went to Picture <laughs> Show at East Windsor. Uh, this is the first time I've gone to the movies since pandemic. I freaking love going to the movies. Uh, the Picture Show at East Windsor. That's right. I'll plug them because I had a great time. And I didn't know this. We went on Tuesday. I on t- Tuesday. Apparently Tuesday's $5 ticket day, just all day long. Wow. So me and Jacqueline went, and it was $5 each to get in at like 6 o'clock <laughs> at night. I was like, hell yeah, this is great. Concessions were still full concession prices. So that ended up costing more than the tickets, but that was fine. <laughs> and it's not like when we were kids, which I kind of miss, where you get crappy seats and everything's sticky. No. The theaters now all have those fancy chairs. Everything's super clean. Every chair is a good chair. You've got a be- mm. beautiful view of the screen from wherever you're sitting. Uh, they all have the recliny thing going on. Not just oh. at this theater, but like I can't remember the last time I went to a theater that wasn't all fancy schmancy at this point. Like, so I love the theater. I love the movies. I like going. Uh, so yeah. All right.
0: Well, uh, I actually watched this twice so far. Um, the first time I went to go see it in the theater, uh, was um following my, my annual birthday dinner at Red Lobster. So uh, I was full of <laughs> seafood. Uh, so Karen and I, um. <laughs> Went to the uh, the AMC over the Hamilton Commons, which uh, will always not... It will never not be the Hoyt's Theater, and I will never not hear you, Paul, say ow at Hoyt's. That was my thing. And, um, yeah, that doesn't have the reclining seats, or at least not in the theater I was in. But it does have the, the choose-your-own-seats-ahead-of-time thing, which I love. Uh, I love being able to just pick out my seats instead of trying to, like hunt for seats that are together or whatever like when you buy the tickets you say these are my seats so I picked the seats like fourth row from the back of the theater so I'm like nice and comfortable straight on and it was uh, delightful. We got an Icy uh, so that was the first Icy I've had since the pandemic started so first Icy in over a year and first time in the theater in over a year uh, so that was cool. It was me and Who even
1: are you anymore? I was... You're not the man I knew
0: <sighs> I missed Icy so desperately it was so good uh, and then, um, uh, since we have access to, uh, nefarious means, we watched it again the other night, um, uh, for a second time through our, uh, streaming service in our living room, uh, it's totally legal, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, there were no snacks that time, we were just, uh, comfy, chilling on the couch, watching Black Widow for, like, the second night in a row, uh, and it was, uh, it was quite an experience, so...
1: Oh, I skipped the snacks. We we did oh, classic yeah. movie theater snacks. It was the first time back to the theater. I assume you did the same. We, we, just, soda did, we popcorn. just had the icy because we were full of seafood. Seafood, right, right. We, <laughs> we did wanted soda, more, popcorn, but it M-M. seemed like
0: dangerous.
2: I watched it. Um, uh, I, I did the same thing a little bit where I tried to watch it again before we talked about it tonight. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I watched it the night it came out, but since I had the the premiere access, I was like, you know, this afternoon, I was like, I'm going to try to watch it again. I didn't finish it, though, because Nate has this very, very regimented TV schedule that, you know, ah. you know, like he came down and banged the gavel and was like, it's my time now. Um, but <laughs> I, f- I felt like I saw enough to be able to, um, you know, have some more things to talk about for this. But um, at the same time, I I think I liked it more the second time I watched it because I I wasn't. There was, was like, no expectation anymore. You know, I could could sort of appreciate it for what it was. So I had a little bit of a different experience when I watched it this afternoon. I also found that the second time viewing it, I got a lot more out of
0: specific performances. Noticed a lot more things in the opening credits, like, oh, there's the Christmas tree that she mentioned. Uh, And just seeing knowing where it all went, seeing uh, the parents' reactions to what was happening and, like, their reactions to the kids in the beginning of the movie was, I don't know, it, it just connected with me a lot more the second time being able to see kind of the, 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 the performances were pretty nuanced. Like, um, specifically the, uh, the you know, when David is saying goodbye to the, the, the girls and everything or when they're, they both come to the conclusion that they have to leave and he's clearly more excited about it than she is but he's also still genuinely cares about these kids and also um later in the movie when rachel Weiss uh you know she's still working for the red room and whatnot and uh then uh she has that conversation with uh w- with natasha about um the fact that she actually did something that affected her as a parent like clearly she felt like she she had some, you know, serious detachment issues there, and she's also completely screwed in the head because who that goes through the Red Room wouldn't be completely screwed in the head. But the fact that it was some of her, like, inter- her motherly wisdom or whatever, that helped Natasha stay who she was. Like, there's a, a clear, like, change in her, uh, her, 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 her face at that point of like her expression on understanding that she actually did some good in the world. And I think that was uh, an interesting turning point to pay attention to the second time around of like, all right, so how does she eventually get convinced to turn in the first place? Like it seemed almost like on a dime, but then it really was pretty well acted and explained looking at it the second time, or at, least I, at least I thought so.
2: One of the things that I think struck me the second time watching it was you know the the flashback stuff at the beginning um i mean yeah i i agree with you 100% that was all really interesting and really well acted you know part of me was like why did they set it in 1995 like w- uh, like like i guess that matches Scarlett johansson's actual age although you know i think that you know i think that in uh, the the character of black widow could be in her 30s or in her 40s and it wouldn't like it wouldn't be much different which decade you know which 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 of those age groups she was like we would buy it you know i was sort of like uh like would this make more sense to be in the 80s like during the cold war you know this before the soviet union crumbled
1: it's not a bad point. You don't even have to go all the way back to 85. You could have just pushed it back like, like 88, 89. You, when, when did the, so, the wall came down to 89, right? So you pushed it back like five or six years. I'd believe Scarlett Johansson was five or six years older. I wouldn't sit there and do the math. Yeah. I don't know how young that girl was. What, was she 10, 12? I don't know. Maybe she was nine. I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I guess that's an interesting point. Uh, though I did see uh, when I was watching... You know, after we, we watch every episode of Loki, we, we go over to, uh, just like we did during Wanda, WandaVision and for uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, we go over to the Nerdist YouTube channel and watch these uh, Easter egg episode breakdowns, and they did one for Black Widow, and they pointed out that, like, a bunch of MCU stuff happens in that exact same year. Like, uh, now I can't remember what Is any that the, of it was.
1: Was that the same year that uh, Captain Marvel comes crashing back into the blockbuster? Yep,
0: that's the same year that Captain Marvel is a is back in the blockbuster. It's the same year that uh it has something to do with Alexander Pierce, like something with his daughter or something.
2: It's the same year that Hank Pym uh gets kicked out of Shield. Mhm.
0: Yes, yeah, like a lot of stuff happened in that specific year. I so. wonder
1: if that's the year that Disney bought it whatever it owned of Marvel initially. <laughs> Right, would have been the end of the nineties was the comic comic bus. That's when Marvel was selling off properties left and huh. right. That'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, they they, they the number of uh, well thought out Easter eggs in these movies is, is is kind of hilarious.
1: I can't think of any other big comic book thing that happened in ninety five, like why they would pick that year to you know the only thing I can think of is the comic bus, and I think that's around the time that like Sony bought Spider Man, Fox bought X Men. I don't know what Disney originally bought if they bought any I think they might have bought Iron Man and Captain America.
0: All right, let's see. 1990s. Let's look for... Oh, my goodness. The Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is gigantic. So we're in 1990. Let's go to 1995.
1: As Chris is looking that up, I just finished watching the entire MCU, every TV show, every movie, in order. Oh, wow.
2: In chronological order?
1: In So I... (sighs) I kind of put it in the order that I thought, yeah, more or less chronological. I kind of put it in the order that I thought was going to work that I would suggest to other people to watch it and I kind of made a list as I went cuz a lot of the TV shows especially Agents of Shield, it's not season by season. It's episode by episode. Yeah. Like you got to watch like 3, the first 3 episodes of season 2 then watch Thor. Then watch 6 episodes then watch Captain America 2 or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like because they specifically reference things back in. Mm-hmm. And then the Darkhold the Darkhold bounces around through Agents of Shield, The Runaways. Uh, I think maybe Cloak and Dagger. Uh, like it's all over the place, uh, where Cloak and Dagger end up in The Runaways. So like a lot of that stuff's got to be in a real specific order too. Um, so yeah, I I kind of pieced it together as I went.
0: Yeah, I, I um I was curious which shows you also included because I'm pretty sure Agents of Shield is confirmed to be. Effectively non-canon at this point, or perhaps in an, an alternate timeline, and I think it it just doesn't make any sense anymore after they did the whole Inhumans thing. Because, so, like,
1: it is infu- Actually, it's infuriating to me that they did that, or at least at the moment, because i I never I didn't watch Agents of Shield all the way through the first time. I just finished it now. Like, I watched like maybe the first two or three seasons, and now I just finished it, and. The, only, like, the end of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wraps all the crazy-ass crap they did in the last two or three seasons back up in such a nice, neat bow that the MCU could have just left it there, and I don't think it would have affected anything. The only two reasons I can think of that Marvel wants to disavow... <laughs> the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is awesome, now that I've said it aloud. <laughs> once The only two things I can think of is they want to reuse Ghost Rider and don't want to deal with the baggage that Ghost Rider was already used, or they want to reuse the Inhumans. But I don't think it's the Inhumans because they've got the X-Men to work with now. They'd yeah. have to be thinking 50 years. that like By the time you get through that, they're not going to get to the Inhumans for a freaking ever. They've got too many other great things lined up. They're not going to get there. So it's not the Inhumans, maybe they're thinking Ghost Rider, but they haven't said anything about a Ghost Rider. And the only other thing that sort of crossed over is the Darkhold. They didn't use the same they used the same prop in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as they did in the Runaways. If, it, if the Darkhold was in Cloak and Dagger they used the same prop again. They used a different prop for the Darkhold in WandaVision. In yeah. But part of the whole shtick uh, that they set up at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was that it, it looks different depending on who's looking at it. Like, it's yeah. in English for people who read English, it's in German for people who read German. Like, so I, if they were that bent out of shape about a prop, I, that's the, yeah, like, I could see
0: Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fitting in. I really could, if it wasn't for, and even with Ghost Rider, like, there's different Ghost Riders. They used the, the car Ghost Rider for crying out loud. So they could very easily just use Johnny Blaze for an MCU situation.
1: Johnny Blaze is in it for two seconds. He, they show the origin right, of him giving right. it over to the other one.
0: Well, there's, there's other. There's, there's ways to get around it. There's ways I've, to get around it. I've got no, no, no question they could figure that out. No problem. But the Inhumans thing is what's really... That's the big hinge. Because that was a worldwide event. They altered Earth. And it's never mentioned in the MCU.
2: Oh, like, yeah!
0: If it's if there were really Inhumans popping up everywhere on the planet, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on the planet suddenly getting superpowers, and they never mention it in any movie ever. Like it just—it's too big of a disconnect. And they even mention Thanos during. Uh, during that one last season where, uh, what's his name, Nathan Petrelli from Heroes, got the superpowers, and they're like, oh, if Thanos is attacking Earth, I better go help the Avengers out or something. Like they even mention that whole thing happening by name, but then they don't really deal with the snap on the show either. They don't really deal with the snap or the blip. So- See,
1: I thought Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dealt with that great because at the same time the snap and the blip, whatever blip and the snap, whatever, are occurring, they're not in time. They're like, they're 20,000 years in the future. And then they come back. Oh right, I and,
0: forgot they were in the future. And when there they in come space.
1: back, they're isolated in the lighthouse, dealing with some lockdown thing. They never get out of the lighthouse. And then by the time they walk out of the lighthouse, you they're jumping backwards through time to the 20s. So huh. they're they're not in our present because that one guy that they brought back from the future is like, why am I spending all my time locked in the stupid lighthouse? This is where I was in the future. So like, they really managed to. To separate them out, the only other big character they used—I don't even big characters—the what's his name, Gravi- Gravitron or whatever—but I don't think they're going to get to that in the MCU either. No,
0: nah, okay. they used Absorbing Man and stuff, but oh, they did use uh,
1: Absorbing Man.
0: But regardless, it's fine that those characters were, were mentioned in Agents of Shield. And then in the beginning, they had all these crossovers with the MCU, and they were pretty cool. Like, um, what's his name, uh, Agent Sitwell. Was in, uh, in in Agents of Shield early on. Sif shows up. Yep, Sif shows up early on, and I and the, the Nick Fury was in a couple episodes yep, too. Yep. But it was also one of those things that if we're going to do Endgame, and we're pulling in everyone, you're not going to pull in Quake at the very least, like the World Wrecker. You're not going to pull in a character like that. You're not going to ever mention that Coulson lived to any of the Avengers, even all these years later. That's my that's my big issue. But who with knows. It. Like,
1: the only person, oh, I guess Nick Fury knows. Yeah, right. Nick Fury knows, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. and knows. <laughs> like it, when it comes to the actual end of the world and everything, he's not going to mention this. Like Nick Fury knows, he gave control of Shield over to to, to Coulson, so it's it works, but it doesn't. And that that was they they played too fast and loose with it, and that was kind of a whole thing. Like it was being done by a different division, so like the TV division and the movie division weren't in close communications. So then, when they moved on to the Netflix stuff, that's when Feige got more involved of saying, All right, we're going to try and keep this in continuity a little bit better. And they still kind of screwed that up because the Netflix shows, timeline wise, also don't deal with the, the, the snap or the blip. So they don't necessarily line up. Which is why
1: when I watch them, I finish them out right before the snap. I think that's the way to handle that. Because yeah, it's not like they're saying that, that it's not like. September 1st, 2020. Exactly. Like, they they don't have to it happen
0: after Avengers, but that's pretty much it, right? Because I haven't right. rewatched in a while. They have to happen after Avengers because after they mention the Battle of New York a lot. That's a thing that happened. But as long as you watch those shows before uh, Infinity War happens, then you're, you're pretty you're much fine. But you're then fine. again, why are none of these characters helping out? For... Well, they might
1: not know about them. I guess. Yeah, all right, they're yeah. a little low-key. I mean, Luke Cage, (laughs) eh, eh. Loki. (laughs) They
2: are, they are, you know, like homegrown New York superheroes. Not you know, not national known Avengers. Yes, as as much as much
1: as I love Daredevil, I don't even know that he'd be on the radar for. We're fighting Thanos. We need to get some people together. Let's go find the devil of Hell's Kitchen. Like, nah, I I think we're gonna.
0: I mean, they they got everyone though. I mean, they did. No offense to, like, we're talking about Black Widow here. She's a normal human, although she is effectively indestructible, seeing as, I don't know, there was that part where, uh, what's his name, Uh, what's what's her name, Uh, Taskmaster hit the car with a rocket launcher and it flipped like a billion times, pretty much would have liquefied (laughs) (laughs) And she just gets out like, well, shit, that sucked. (laughs) So, I don't know, but still, like, Luke Cage is effectively indestructible. He would have been good in that fight. Uh, I, I would have loved to see where they. I would love to see more of them. But
1: and you, you know what? They could have walked that off by just saying, "How do you know they weren't there? Some of those wide-angle shots. There's <laughs> ten thousand people there, right? It's <laughs> a good point.
0: They 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 definitely could do that. I'm, I'm those the Netflix shows in particular, I find super interesting because they have more or less said that Agents of Shield was no longer canon. That's been discussed in like interviews and whatnot, and. To a degree, Agent Carter, though I, I don't think that's ever been officially confirmed, this isn't part of the MCU, and Agent Carter totally fits still.
1: How the hell would that screw anything up? Unless yeah. you're going back and doing like a 1949 Captain America movie now, like, oh, he went back in the past, but I don't think they're doing that. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, Agent Carter still totally fits, and that
2: show was great, and I'm super sad yeah. it got canceled. Um, I, di- I watched Agent Carter, I didn't watch agents of shield i don't know if you've noticed by my quietness but i have no idea what the hell you guys are talking about i'm just gonna of say
0: okay you could probably pick up from our conversation that that show got weird
1: it got real weird but in a
0: really good way yeah like it, it,
1: every year it was like every season it was like you know what man you don't know we'll do it
0: <laughs> you want to see what happens when we go in space we're putting them in space why not we're gonna fight the kree it's gonna be great There's blue people everywhere we're going
1: black and white 1920s episode you yeah. don't know what's happening Bring it,
0: and that that Ghost Rider was great. By the way, I,
1: I thought they did a real great job with it. I enjoyed Agents of Shield, start to finish. I I mean, you can nitpick it; and it was short, but I enjoyed it. Uh, Runaways was the only one that was really kind of tough.
0: I didn't watch
2: Five Runaways because I loved the comic and I didn't want to spoil that because I heard it wasn't all that good. But yeah, just... I watched Runaways. That was that was weird. But yeah. I, I don't know the source material, so I don't have a lot to compare it to. It was um, it was very. Uh, It felt like it was just as much like CW teen dramedy as it was comic book show.
1: Yeah, uh, that and Cloak and Dagger had, uh, you know, and
0: <sighs> oof, yeah, I watched an episode I, of Cloak and Dagger. I don't want to say crazy about that.
1: I don't even mean it as an insult. I think they were aimed at a younger. Uh, It was aimed at a younger audience. They were trying to make some TV shows for, I don't know. Let's say twelve to fourteen year olds, right? The Netflix, right? Because ones... they went
0: on uh, Freeform, right? That's where they aired yeah, something like, like that the, yeah. with the the modernization of uh, the ABC Family. Also, real quick, Paul, uh, the original Runaways comic was by Brian K. Vaughan.
2: Mm, Okay, so you know that, that
0: that's that's the well, uh, Paul. Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, you you liked Why the Last Man, right?
2: Oh yeah, I've I think I've read almost all of Brian K. Vaughn's stuff. Yeah. E- except for that, I've read Why the Last Man and. Uh, what do you call it? Ex Machina and yeah. uh, Saga is amazing. I haven't started Saga yet, but I knew that you were a
0: fan of Why the Last Man. And I, so I just wanted to let you know that the original Runaways comic, that's the freaking pedigree right there. So when they were adapting a TV show, I thought this could be really good. But then I heard it wasn't, and I was just too scared to watch it. So I didn't.
1: Uh, I never read the source material for Runaways. Uh, maybe it was great. I didn't... It's just too many comics. I mean, I love comic books. I can't read them all. Um... But no, uh that one the, Runaways was the toughest to get through, but that and Cloak and Dagger were clearly aimed at twelve to fourteen year olds. Mm-hmm. The Netflix ones, Netflix ones were clearly aimed at adults. You know, and then Agents of Shield, Agents of Carter, that was kinda like your happy medium, you know, for mm-hmm. everybody.
2: Man, do I miss the Netflix ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. me too. They're, all those rumors floating around they're gonna be using those cast members again is making me uh pretty pretty I, excited. I heard
1: they're I heard they're putting Punisher in a Moon Knight TV series.
0: Oh, that would be wonderful.
1: But I heard the Moon Knight TV series won't be on Disney. Really? What? I heard it's going to be on something else. They want to distance themselves from it a little because it's not... Interesting. It's not... A, Moon, Knight's, Moon Knight's more of a Punisher-level character as far as uh, appropriateness for children. Mm. So I think they don't want... I think Disney doesn't want that on, you know, your kids flipping through... The, oh, my favorite Marvel movies, and he clicks on Moon Knight, and all of a sudden there's somebody with, like, schizophrenia having sex with people, and Punisher comes in and shoots, you know, like, it's a whole, you know, I think they're trying to distance it. Um, and I say I it heard does, this.
0: Yeah, it, it does still appear to be slated for Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
1: I, I say I heard it. I don't hear anything. Jacqueline tells me stuff, because she reads everything. She just is constantly reading, and then she says, Bla, blah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, blah. Oh.
0: All, all the official stuff seems to have it listed as a Disney Plus show. Yeah? All right. yeah. And it's my friend Evan's favorite character, so he's, like, you know, really, really The excited. Disney
1: Plus stuff's been great. It I don't, has, yeah. I don't know what's better, the Disney stuff or the Netflix stuff. I think I like the Netflix more, but they were using more characters than I, like... Avengers are secondary characters for me, like when I was growing up reading comic books, I liked them, but Daredevil and Punisher those are my like that's two of my top guys right there so and they did those characters pretty well. they did them great I
2: think they're I think it's hard to compare the the Disney stuff and the Marvel stuff because I think that the Mar- the 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 or sorry, the Disney stuff and the Netflix stuff because I think the Disney stuff is specifically latching on to this already established interconnected universe and expanding things and exploring different characters and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very MCU-flavored. Like yeah, the, the the Netflix stuff was trying to sort of make its own self-contained uh, group of shows, you know, like um, like purposely not connected to the bigger stuff.
0: Yeah, like it fits in as in it's the same universe, but it had a very different feel to it. And it was all really interesting. I mean, I, I loved... Almost all of the Netflix stuff. Um, season
1: one of Iron Fist is genuinely not good. Um, <laughs> Rewatching it, I enjoyed it more this time than I did the first time through, but it's still not great. But season two does so much to redeem it. Season two is amazing. Because that it makes have, season one more enjoyable.
0: I have never seen in my entire life, I've never seen a TV, a TV show improve in quality so much from season one to season two. I've never seen anything like to- that.
2: I might have to rewatch all these cuz I I remember it very differently. Um I think that I think that season 1, you know, I think I recognized that it was nowhere near as good as Luke Cage and Daredevil and uh and Jessica Jones, which, you know, sadly it had the distinction of being like the last one of the four, so you had all the other stuff to compare it to. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like, like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage were like groundbreaking for a lot of reasons, as far as like the social issues type stuff that they dealt with. And then you get to iron fist and it's kind of about like white collar crime and a a dude from a mythical, you know, Kung Fu world. So who will um, not stop telling you that he's the immortal iron fist. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's it certainly, you know, I, I certainly recognize that it was not as strong as the other, uh, entries, but, um, I think I liked the first season just cause I didn't really know anything about iron fist. So I was like invested in what the story was the second season. I, I, I really, I didn't like it. Uh, I don't know, I, I might have to watch it again to compare them, but the second season... Um, God, I felt like the the acting and the way that they, you know, connected a lot of these the, the people was just, like, really forced.
1: By the end of the second season... Uh, by the end of the second season, when you get to that last scene, and this time watching it, I know there's no third season a-coming. It's just... It's heartbreaking. It's like, right? this is... You have... You have, you have just gone uphill on a steady, uh, steady uphill. This is, the, this is the way I felt about it. I know Paul had a different experience, but I, I got there. Finally, I was like, this is, you know, you're, I agree with the first part of what Paul said. The other three were just so much, it felt like they were so much better, which is a little unfair because you, you hit three home runs in a row and somebody comes up and hits a single. That's good, man. That's, you got yeah, on that, base. That's, that's still you good. did a good job. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> say that
0: I, I'm, I say... It's not good. I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm still, I still enjoyed it. But yeah, especially by comparison. But there was just a lot about season one of Iron Fist that wasn't good. But there, but
1: by but- the end of season two, I was like, I'm enjoying this as much as I was enjoying Luke Cage or Jessica Jones, not as much as Daredevil. But I'm super biased there, so that's all right. <laughs> but I was like, I want the next episode, and it's not coming.
0: Yeah, Karen and I were actively angry at the show because. We kind of reluctantly went into season two, like, all right, you know, I, I was all for it, and she was like, all right, I'll, I'll watch it, because she really didn't like season one. And I was like, I mean, no, it wasn't good, but it was still cool, so I'm into this. But then by the end, she was like, you made me like this show. How dare you? Dare you make me
2: like this <laughs> show?
0: Because you know you had you know Danny and his his brother like kind of working together, and somehow he got the fist back, and the fist went to the super cool girl, the white tiger Man. girl with the sword. And sh- that was so cool. I it was, was so, so excited, and I liked that villain dude too. He was pretty. He was Davos. Yeah, Davos. He was he was mm. pretty snazzy. I was into that. I was really into those Netflix shows, and I mean Daredevil at least got a kind of sort of a conclusion but I felt like Luke Cage and Iron Fist in particular, like they really left on notes that I really wanted to know what happened, happened next. Like Luke Cage took over the freaking crime syndicate.
1: I know. It's I want to so know where that it's goes. So good.
0: I'm so sad. I don't get to know where that goes. And there was, it's those two shows and agent Carter were the ones that just give me one more season to wrap it up. That's all I'm asking. Just give me one more, close those out. Cause I felt like, jessica jones a daredevil in particular but jessica jones to a degree they, they they ended enough i i was okay with where they stopped but then again if they're we're gonna start seeing these characters again in the in the actual mcu maybe we will see more of it because i mean she hulk's coming abomination is going to be in shang chi for crying out loud like they're pulling all sorts of weird stuff what's her name um
1: abomination like are they bringing back tim roth
0: yeah are they tim roth's going to be on she hulk they announced that. He's he's gonna show up in She Hulk, but then in the last Shang Chi trailer they showed Abomination fighting someone who like, I'm sorry, excuse me.
1: Oh I, I didn't see the new Chang Chi trailer. But he's that's... in a
0: cage. He's he's fighting what it looks like Wong from uh Doctor Strange. What's what? going on?
1: <laughs> love it. Love <laughs> it.
0: Love it. And uh and um what's it they just brought back Sif in Loki and they interviewed Jamie mm-hmm. Alexander and said you she's you haven't seen the last of her in the MCU. Thank Freaking goodness! Because they killed the warriors three completely unceremoniously Yeah, that, that hurt a little bit. That hurt a little bit, and didn't even mention Sif. And I'm I'm so glad they're bringing that in. So I, I I appreciate so much how much they pull all these different little tiny pieces back in. Like anytime you think they've forgotten about something, they pull something else back in. And uh, which to tie it back into uh, Black Widow. Because this has kind of become oh, MCU oh, we're, gas. We're,
2: we're gonna we're gonna tie it back into Black Widow now. Is that what this this episode's about? One of the this things. Is, that- this is exactly why I didn't want to do Marvel movies because I knew we would talk about everything except the movie.
1: Imagine if we had not done this in between episode and tried to talk about Crank next time when we right? had all this to talk about.
2: Yeah, it's true. <laughs>
0: So, but to tie it into Black Widow, one of the things I really, really appreciated about this movie is that they didn't kill anyone of value. Like, <clears throat> we could very easily see David Harbour and Rachel Weiss again. We're definitely going to see Yelena again. And I'm very curious what they're going to do with Taskmaster, because there are a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are big Taskmaster fans, and they felt... That, that that Taskmaster was done pretty dirty. They gave, effectively gave Taskmaster the Deadpool and X Men Origins treatment, where they turned it and turned this wisecracking mercenary character into a effectively mind-controlled silent character. Which is, <clears throat> I don't have much relationship with Task Taskmaster, so that didn't bother me at all. But also, they didn't kill Taskmaster. Who's to say the Taskmaster well, isn't just going to be a prick now, because she was effectively. Raised in a pretty nasty situation, so
1: <clears throat> right they mind controlled a bunch so, of girls. It's not to say that all those girls would have been sweethearts. Some yeah. of them were probably dicks. I, I Maybe they're all that's They're
0: all being pretty nice to uh you know the people who literally just freed them from their mind control. But at the same time, I mean testmaster in particular, like <laughs> she's she's not in pretty good. She's not a very mentally stable human at this point. So even more so than the rest of the widows. So I think it's very plausible to, to
2: think that Taskmaster is going to show up
0: later in
2: some other capacity
0: and maybe not necessarily in a good guy capacity.
2: So there was a thing that you said about Yelena that I wanted to just make sure we touched on before I launched into t- Taskmaster. But, um, you know, I, I mean, to me, it seemed like part of what this movie was doing was introducing Yelena as sort of a, a, replacement for black widow or Mm -hmm. a you know a possible black widow type for a future avengers movie um you know which like which was fine you know like like uh uh scarlett johansson wasn't going to want to do this forever um and uh you know like the like this seemed like a good way to do it and i thought it was um I thought I thought she was great uh, the actress that played Yelena and that the two of them had great chemistry together so she was my um, favorite part of the that, movie. Yeah, I mean that was really nice to see. But um yeah, like Taskmaster I uh I didn't I don't know I I don't know if I dis I don't think I disliked Taskmaster. Like I, I guess that when I saw it I thought that Taskmaster was a smart choice of a villain to use for the Black Widow movie because, I, you know, I'm I'm sure Sean will correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I I don't know that there's a villain that you specifically associate with Black Widow. And, you know, Taskmaster has sort of fought everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's been in Spider-Man comics and Captain America and Iron Man. Um, And then, like, also... You know, because he's sort of like a, a mercenary that only has allegiance to the highest bidder, that, you know, is only, uh, you know, only allegiances to money and not to a country or anything like that, that, like, he sort of plays into this world of, like, spies and espionage and stuff like that, that, you know, that, like, a Black Widow story would be uh, about. Um, so I, I thought Taskmaster was a right choice for the villain. Um, I think if I was more of a Taskmaster fan, I probably would be bummed because I know that, you know, I, I know that part of what people like about Taskmaster is that, like, he's he's loud and, you know, uh, gruff and, you know, a smart mouth that, like, you know, part of his, like, his attitude is part of the character, um, and they took all that away.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the, the
2: Trevor Slattery thing,
0: again, except not funny. <laughs> Uh, the the whole mandarin thing in iron man 3 i thought was hilarious um but no you you're right i don't think there is a a specific villain associated with uh black widow and i i it was a great choice of a villain to put in there i also really really loved the way they portrayed like i didn't mind the lack of the the smart mouth thing especially if you know story wise especially and also especially considering that we can since they never didn't kill the character we can definitely get that now uh, in in future installments with uh with Taskmaster, but the uh, the specific shots of the fighting with Taskmaster doing moves that we saw, like there was a specific shot where you know, she was fighting exactly the same way that Winter Soldier fought with the knife, um uh, you know specific shots of fighting just like Cap and Winter Soldier, uh doing like the when he was there was a shot that was exactly like the shot where he was fighting Batroc in the beginning. Uh, the way that she immediately turned around and did that, the the traditional Black Widow spinning around with her legs move, like, did it right back to her, I thought was really cool. Like, I love all those shots, and I really want somebody to put up on YouTube somewhere that's way more into this than I am. Just doing the side-by-side comparisons of, all right, this is the time that he fought, like, Black Panther, where he did the claws thing. Sorry, when she did the claws thing. Taskmaster has just been a guy in my head for so many years, it's, it's hard to, to flip that script in my brain. But I thought that was a really cool touch making Taskmaster quite literally fight shot for shot the way that other
1: Marvel heroes had in the
0: past. He did the um, good,
1: uh, the bouncing arrow shot. hmm mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, no, I... They, they did a lot of things with Taskmaster, right? And they did a lot of things wrong. Um, <laughs> switching so much about the character, from losing, from switching the gender, obviously, from the, the, the turning it into a mindless automaton... Um, the, the gender thing didn't bother me, but if I was a huge Taskmaster fan and you just changed part of my character, I guess I I could be bothered by that. I would get it, I guess. But if they bring Taskmaster back, like you said, and they give her that personality, maybe they can make it up to the fans. Mm-hmm. The the other thing that jumped out at me, and it's it's very nitpicky. I can't I can't say this enough. I love this movie. This movie is great. All the Marvel movies are great, and. Anytime I have any complaint about them, in the back of my mind, I'm like, do you remember what you grew up with? Do you remember <laughs> Daredevil and the Hulk on TV? And Daredevil wasn't allowed to look like a devil, so he was just wearing black. Do you remember this? <laughs> Lou Ferrigno? No. These movies are all great. They're all perfection in comparison. The, uh... But Taskmaster's costume was so much cooler in the comic book, and if you were going to bring it to the screen, you were like, it's just too comic booky. The yeah. thing... The thing that jumps out that you could change is the fact that it's blue and orange, but they left it blue and orange and gave him like gave her like ski goggles like he had this awesome skull looking yeah. mask with this hood that made him look ominous. And you gave her like a ski helmet and goggles. That was way less intimidating than what they could have done with that. The the head, the rest of the suit was fine. They didn't change a whole lot mm-hmm. from the comic book to the to the screen with the rest of it. But the I don't know.
0: Yeah, the mask was slightly problematic for me, and I get, I get why they went the direction they went. I just don't think they nailed it. And But like, like I said, there is always room for improvement in the future, and that is what Val is doing, right? That's what Elaine from Seinfeld is doing. She's clearly assembling a Dark Avengers team. So is it the
1: Dark Avengers? I thought maybe it was West Coast Avengers. But I'm looking at the pieces, because you've got U.S. Agent. I yeah. assume she's going to go scoop up White Vision. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um and now a Black Widow, it's not the Black Widow that I associate, like, when I think, and I haven't read these books since I was a kid, but when I think of West Coast Avengers, if I'm not mistaken, your lineup was, like, U.S. Agent, White Vision, War Machine, and I think Black Widow, but then I also associate Black Widow, she was Daredevil's partner for a while, and then there's this thing in San Francisco, and there's a whole, I know Black Widow mostly from Daredevil comics. But when I think of the West Coast Avengers, I think you've got, like, again, if, I, don't know how, I don't know how you pull in. War Machine, and I don't see how they could get to any of this. We know what their movies are for the next ten years, because they put them up... Like, they tell you, like, you can see all the way out to Fantastic Four, which is years out.
0: Yeah. Well, we know what they've told us so far. We don't know what they have right. And we don't know what's gonna change. Like, I mean, Inhumans was announced as a movie. And, and then, then it, it turned got into- turned into a really bad TV series. So... I, mean, I watched
1: it. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was, it was probably one of the tougher <laughs> ones, but I don't know.
0: I haven't made it through it. I, I, you didn't make it through it? No. I just don't have well, any interest.
2: It seems like they could turn any one of these things into a Disney Plus TV show, um, you know, and then That's you true. spend six episodes exploring a thing instead mm-hmm. of, you know, then, then you've got, what, uh, four and a half hours of screen time instead of, you know, two and a half for a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so you know part of me wondered what I would have thought of this Black Widow movie if it had been a Disney Plus TV show since that's you know that's what we've been watching recently um and I you know I guess it wouldn't have the the like flourish of a movie and you know I, I think that she um she was sort of owed a movie. Uh, But like, I don't know. I think that's my big beef with this thing is that, um, you know, you're talking about a character that's, uh, that's been involved with the MCU for, you know, uh, over 10 years. That has, yeah, that's, um, you know, that's been in like all these different movies, but hasn't had one to herself and who was I'm not going to say was killed unceremoniously in in Endgame, but who didn't really have the send off that the other characters that were leaving the franchise got. You know, mm-hmm. like Iron Man got a big send off, Captain America got a send off. Um, you know, and I, I think that I think that her scene in Endgame was. Her, I mean, I know she had many scenes in Endgame, and she was sort of like running the team at one point which was cool but like i think that her death scene in endgame was cool i think a lot of people have a problem with it you know like i, I think some people were like oh why not kill hawkeye like he's you know she's so much cooler than hawkeye but like you know i think that part of the way that scene worked was you didn't know which one it was going to be um yeah. and you know if it's if it's one that you're more invested in it's a it's a bigger deal Um, but this movie should have been like her send off, and I don't think it really felt like that. Like, I think it felt like, um, I think it felt like a way to introduce a new character, which I didn't mind, you know, the, the Yelena character, but I don't really feel like it said goodbye to Scarlett Johansson, you know, to Black, to, to the Scarlett Johansson Black Widow in a meaningful way. Um, and i don't know i i i hate to say this because it's like i, I think the i think the perception is going to be that like oh you know you, you didn't think that she could carry the movie or that she needed you know other big stars to carry the movie but like i i don't think that's what it was i think that um i think that you you could have better told her story if you had been able to use Hawkeye and, and Nick Fury, um, like if we had, if we had actually seen like if the, if Budapest hadn't been sort of like a rushed flashback and had been part of the story, um, and, and could have even tied in taskmaster or red guardian. You know what I mean? Like, um, if 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 we had more than one time period to move through to tell this story, and had some some of the other characters, I think you could have served her better and had a had a better send off for her that felt like a more complete movie.
0: I you know what I think. I think the problem is is that this what you're saying was not this movie's purpose, and it should have been. Like, this movie's perp- this movie, like we were saying right in the beginning, it feels like it belongs right after Civil War. It doesn't feel like it belongs after Endgame. It just doesn't, because it doesn't really address that. And at the very, it, when I look at that one single scene that makes sense uh, after that, that happens after the whole thing where you see her grave, it's, it's not the only thing that makes sense to me that makes it seem like more exciting is to think of seeing it. Before all this stuff happens and then making what you're seeing into some sort of mystery, which is kind of what most of the post credit scenes are, right? They're usually like these things that make you wonder like, okay, well, what does that mean? Where's that going next? And that's the only part that makes sense to me. It almost feels like there should be another one that actually does serve as a proper send-off for the character. Like, how did that grave get made? Who, who put it there? Was there a funeral for her? And... When did everybody else in the Avengers team find out that she had a family? Because they never mention anything like that. Every time they talk about her past, it's always like, she's pretty secretive about it or, or whatever. And like, actually,
1: Tony asks if she has... Do we know if she had any family? And Captain America says, yeah, us. Exactly. Which is basically like saying no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Like,
0: when, how did they find out about the, this stuff? There's, there is... Definitely more interesting stuff to tell. And I agree with you. The whole Budapest thing was really glossed over. They're showing the arrow holes in the wall. Like, well, I want to see that.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> I that.
0: understand the whole Dracov's daughter thing. That's a neat callback to a throwaway line in Avengers. but Budapest has come up a handful of times. And that's what I want to see. I want to see her and young Jeremy Renner, like having it out where he was hired to kill her. And then, how did that conversation go where he decided not to kill her and bring her in as part of the team? And then what happened after that? Like, and then how exactly did her funeral go? Where, where was she buried? Why was she buried there? You know, has, and have any of the other Avengers team met up with her family? Did Clint know about her family? Like freaking red guardian was her dad. There's no way, or her father figure. There's no way that, D- did nobody on the Avengers team even know that she had some sort of relation to another super soldier, like a, a public super soldier that has action figures. <laughs> like it-, it, it leaves a lot of questions. If you, if you look at it as a send off, which is effectively what looking at it from our real world perspective, that's what this movie seems like it's supposed to be. But the movie itself clearly isn't. I think Sean's more on the money where this was probably something they had floating around and, uh, what is it? Uh, there was apparently some document leaked at some point that said that uh, the, the the head of the studio was like, you know, female-led superhero movies don't make money, so that's why the movie never happened in the first place. And then Wonder Woman happened, and it made a bunch of money, and they were like, ah, oh, maybe we should start making female-led superhero movies. I don't know. Um, I don't know all the details of that story, but that's what it smells like to me. This movie should have happened a long time ago. And it feels weird watching it now. It just feels out of place. But I think it fits in great right after Civil War. So I don't know. Next time I do a giant MCU rewatch, I'll 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 be watching it there instead of you know where it ha- where it came out because it just doesn't it doesn't make sense as a Phase Four thing. And I think that if this if this kicked off Phase Four like it originally planned to, I think it would have been a worse way to start things. Because Wait, isn't
1: this the beginning of Phase Four?
0: This was supposed to be the beginning of Phase 4, but then it got delayed, so WandaVision was the official Uh-oh, kickoff of Phase 4. And that's way more interesting than this, mo- than this movie.
1: Especially since, and I, don't, I still don't understand the concept of why Spider-Man, the last Spider-Man movie, was the end of Phase 3 and not part of Phase 4. I just don't get it.
0: S- same reason Ant-Man wasn't a part of it, was the close of Phase 2, I think. Why is that? I don't know. all right. This is what it came out because like, it seems weird like little
1: WandaVision, that Spider-Man movie. I they keep putting home in all the titles, and then I can't remember which is which. Far from home, if you say so. <laughs> uh,
0: homecoming is the first one because there was a homecoming dance. Far from home because he was far away from his home. And now no, no way, way home, home
1: because of a reason. Because we don't know yet. <laughs> okay, so the Spider-Man movie, the WandaVision, the 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 Falcon Winter Soldier. The Loki and not this Black Widow movie all seem like they're telling us exactly what happened to all these characters directly after, like, what happened with Wanda right after Thanos is killed. Yeah. She goes crazy. What happens with Falcon and Winter Soldier? They go to therapy. What happens with Loki? (laughs) He's jumping through time. What happens with Spider-Man? He's in Paris crying about Tony. Right. So it just feels like you're resetting the stage pretty effectively I I know I'm being glib, but I've enjoyed all these things. You're being very effectively resetting the stage. Here's this Black Widow movie. That's a flashback (laughs) to right before you started resetting the table. Why? Why are you doing this? It's
0: the only connective tissue I can see is what I think Paul mentioned, where they're kind of setting up replacements. Like, that seems to be... Because at the end of Endgame, we lost Iron Man, we lost Cap. Um, And so now we've we've got... what. What's the, what are the Avengers going to look like now? So we've got Spider-Man kind of sort of filling the Tony Stark shoes, maybe a little bit, but still pretty different. In but tech, we are, but not in leadership. Exactly. We are going to get Ironheart eventually, but uh, that's, not, that's not for a little while. Um, so And again, that's not a leadership. Exactly. That's kind of like a new...
1: I know Cap was the, the, the more of the leader, but Tony was a, a leadership figure.
0: Yeah. So we don't really have a replacement that yet. We have our replacement cap uh, we have two replacement caps actually since we have the US agent and that's with Elaine from Seinfeld's Avengers team is getting the not so, g- the, the not so great craft in America and uh, then we have she's got, you know, what's her face not Black Widow and probably you're right, she's going to wind up with White Vision somehow so who else is going to fill her team and then who else is going to fill the Avengers team, right? Because the next Doctor Strange movie is going to involve Wanda. Um, we're getting Shang-Chi introduced, uh, which is going to tie back to Iron Man. Now, I don't know how that's going to play in with the whole thing. Like, I have so many questions. I don't I'm all think fascinated have to tie it back it. to
1: Iron Man. I, I'm, ass- so I'm assuming they're going to do a little bit of a rewrite with Shang-Chi's origin and make his dad the Mandarin.
0: Yeah, that's what's happening.
1: Oh, I'm okay. pretty sure
0: that's actually been stated, that oh. his dad with the Ten Rings is the actual Mandarin that they mentioned in that.
1: They've got to re-release
0: that um that short that they made. Oh, that's what it was going to All say, Hail the King. All Hail the King. That we was so good. Earlier, I
1: think what they did with Mandarin in Iron Man 3, 3, 2, yeah, 3, 3, was brilliant mm-hmm. once you tack that on, exactly. because now you haven't wasted the character. Mm-hmm. You gave us this great performance that's super enjoyable <laughs> from Ben Kingsley, and you haven't you didn't expend the character at all. Yeah. And in fact, all you did was set him up a little bit because you're like, no, he's real and he's secretive and he's scary. And that's great. And he's
0: pretty pissed off that you used his, his name. name.
1: Right. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> so freaking good. Uh, Have you
0: seen that, Paul? The, the short All Hail the King? No.
1: Marvel came out with four shorts. I don't know where they were released. I think some of them were available on DVDs. Yeah, they were like.
0: Extras on a couple of the the DVDs. DVDs, yeah.
1: So, one of them is Ben Kingsley, like getting interviewed by some guy who uh turns out not to be an interviewer but to work for the real Mandarin and he kills everybody in the prison and he takes Ben Kingsley hostage. I'm just blowing through it for you so you know what we're talking about. Uh, and basically says <laughs> the real Mandarin is pissed that you took his name, right? So, like, okay. and that was it. It's like it was like five minutes, it was funny.
0: It even had uh, what's his name from Iron Man 2 also in jail. Uh, Sam Rockwell did yeah. a whole bit in there, too. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, it's, just it's hammer.
2: F-
1: it's, it's mostly great. humor, and it's worth the watch. It's so good. There was three other ones. There was like a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. I just oh, rewatched right. them.
0: That was good too. That was only
1: like two minutes. Uh, then you had uh, there was one about these two kids find not kids but like twenty year olds finding one of the guns after right. the thing. I remember that. It was like Cold Item Forty Three. God, I forgot. It developed that Agent one. Sitwell a little bit. Yeah, who you 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 know <laughs> goes on to be a bad guy. Uh, and then the other one was an Agent Carter short, which didn't work perfectly because it basically was the TV show. I think they probably did the short, and then they were like, we could right. do a whole series on this. But then it doesn't really fit in. Right,
0: because their boss is a different guy, guy. right? Yeah, right. I yeah. forgot I did it, see that it, it one. Kinda, we watched that one after. It, um, it kind of
1: fudges it a little oh. bit. They, They... They blew their load too early on that one. They were like, oh, shit, this is better than a 15-minute short. We, we got to do a whole <laughs> series on this. There was the
0: consultant, a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer, item 47, Agent Carter, and all hail the king.
1: Oh, the consultant, right. The consultant's real short. It's just uh, Agent Coulson and Sitwell talking about the scene at the end of, uh, it's the end of Hulk. Hmm. It's only like two minutes. That's funny. It's... Uh, they're all worth a watch. I mean, they're short. They don't take up much time. Yeah,
0: you got to track down All Hell the King. I'm trying to find you what they're watch them
1: officially... all on uh, I watched them all on yeah. YouTube when I was doing my rewatch. They're all I'm sure I can
2: find them on video the internet or
1: something. Yeah, I don't
0: know. But All Hell the King in particular was so good because you're, you're, Sean's 100% right. Like that just should have been part of the movie or or somehow That
1: should have been the that, after credit scene. I know it was long. Yeah, but it, it's not like people are going to complain you had a yeah. 5 minute after credit scene. <laughs> The and it was are riding in the streets.
0: It was so totally worth it because, like you said, it it just completely negated what they did. Not even negated; it just made what they did with Trevor Slattery not a problem. And showing that they're going to eventually introduce the Mandarin, which they now are doing. Um, I'm just curious how deep they're going to dive with it on, uh, you know, calling back to because we haven't seen the Mandarin, but we have seen the Ten Rings. They were in Iron Man. They're the ones who kidnapped Tony Stark in the first place. So. There, there's no question in my mind they're going to you know call back to that in this movie, but how is all of, you know, how is Shang-Chi going to fit in with the rest of the MCU going forward? It's it's kind of a fun position to be in. But you're, but to Black Widow's point, it doesn't feel like it really fits there other than introducing Yelena. Which,
1: which, which they is, could have done ahead of time, because that's one of the things they've done so well so far, and they, they're doing it right now as well, is that you can't give us... It's hard to... If they had come out with Avengers first, it wouldn't have been as good. They, they built those characters up a little bit first with a bunch of solo movies. Then they gave us Avengers. And then they slowly introduced characters to refill in the, the ranks as we go. Mm-hmm. And that... If, if we got 10 game and you killed off everybody and you were like, all right, next movie, here's... I don't know. Here's the Fantastic Four. They're going to lead the show and everyone's going to listen to them. That would be a little jarring and probably wouldn't pan out so well. So they've done a good Disney job... Universe. <laughs> you've, set, you've set up you've set up Hank Pym maybe but he's old I don't know what they're gonna do but you've set up some other characters uh oh Cassie Wasp. Lang
0: Cassie Lang's gonna be Cassie Lang's
1: in it but uh Wasp is she was the leader of the Avengers for a long time so mm-hmm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. she's gonna step into a leadership role probably it makes some sense she's smart she seems more tactical than uh Lang obviously he's not oh, yeah. he's not a leader <laughs> um but anyway the they've done a good job up till now of giving you the replacement before it's needed. Yeah. So like you could have set up this new black widow for us before it was time that we needed her.
0: So if this movie actually came out after civil war and then they made a black widow movie now that wrapped up the black widow story in, in ways that was a proper sendoff for Scarlett Johansson, that then we'd all brilliant. be good. Because I do feel like there's definitely another story to tell there. If they could get her to come back and do a sequel to the Black Widow movie that actually tells that story, that would be super cool.
2: But yeah, I thought I thought it was. Yes, I thought it was a lot of a lot of potential info for one movie, and um, yeah, like I think everything that you guys are saying is right on. Like that maybe they. That maybe they um, had this thing written earlier, and that some executive squashed it, and you know, now it felt a little bit like an afterthought because it was because it was like, oh, we can do this now, you know, and I'm I'm sure they had to retool some things that they had written. Um, you know, I think those end credit scenes are usually either like funny, like they're usually either a joke or they're a thing to set up the next movie you know um uh and and this you know i guess it's it's setting up a it's probably setting up something for the the hawkeye tv show right like i'm sure maybe elena is going to be back in that hawkeye tv show i believe that's Um, been officially announced yeah but um yeah i don't know i think i i think the I think the big bummer of this movie was that um that they had to I don't know, I think they had to like fudge things with the 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 storyline to to be able to just use the characters and the um you know, and the information that they had at their disposal now that she is dead. You know what I mean? Like if they if they had made this you know if they had made this during the time that it takes place or if they had been making black widow movies all along like they had been making thor movies and captain america movies and stuff like that i think the palette of what they would have had to work with would have been very different um and i think now you were s- sort of stuck in in one place where they only had certain tools in their toolbox um yeah, yeah i think I, it's I, somewhat safe to say that uh this is
0: this movie while I did really like it I think it's great and I'm glad it exists I think this movie existing in the in the way that it does is kind of the first I would say major misstep or major disservice that I think that they've they've had in uh, in, in in as far as the MCU goes
2: so I, I want, I, I feel like I keep coming back to this Budapest thing, but I think that was the thing that, I think that was the thing that bothered me the most about, the, well, I, I think there was a couple things that bothered me most about the movie. So, like, like, um, you know, in, in all the other movies that Black Widow has been pivotal in, you know, the, the, the thing that, um, The thing that's cool about Black Widow and the thing that you sort of like keep going back to about her and that's like engaging about the character is that, you know, um, she's like she's this sort of like international spy that plays that plays both sides of things that she can be a double agent, Um, you know, like in Iron Man 2, they she she gets installed in tony's organization by shield right to keep tabs on him um you know i think in most of the avengers movies she's she's just there to be part of the team you know to 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 fight the bad guy like everybody else does but um you know like she has a cool scene in in um avengers where she like she's the one that gets loki to give up his plan you know that like a great operation yeah which was yeah called back you know, in th- this movie um, and, uh, and, uh, Winter Soldier, like, you know, sh- like she's amazing in that. Like, uh, like Winter Soldier is almost a better Black Widow movie than the Black Widow movie, you know? Cause like she's, she's, uh, you know, she's working for, for, um, Nick Fury, but like people, there's a question about whether Nick Fury's compromised, you know, like there's, there's all this stuff in that movie about who do you trust? And she like fits so beautifully into that. Like she, like I actually went back and watched winter soldier the day after I watched black widow because I was like, you know, like I, I wanted to see her do that stuff. Um, and you know, like this movie had less of that kind of, stuff you know like it 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 fit into this spy world but like you know the biggest i don't know i I think the biggest um misdirection type thing was when you know their little family unit breaks into the red room that like you know who do you trust is the mom does she have allegiance to the red room or to the family you know to their little family unit Mm -hmm. um you know the fact that uh natasha put on that um, like weird like cloaking disguise thing you know that also was in winter soldier um like that you know that was the biggest um sort of like big crazy spy thing um and i like I really feel like if they had been able to have the budapest thing, you know that we could have seen more of what makes black widow black widow, and I think the the I don't know. So you you said that Budapest was when, um, when Clint, like when she and Clint start stop being adversaries, and that he decides to bring her in. It looked to me like they were already working together, and that's when she officially decided she was going to defect to Shield, and that she had to take out the red room as part of that defection. Um, yeah. No. I, I and
0: I, I think um. I think you're, uh, I don't think that was what I meant to say. Uh, It's like, I was meant to say that I want to see that story in Budapest. And then what happened before it, right, was where was that apartment where they went to? That was in in Budapest. That was in Budapest. All right. Because that was, that was those arrow shots were supposed to be, that hotel room was where Clint went to get her, where he was supposed to kill her. And that's where he decided not to. But then I guess the rest of it did also happen in Budapest. For some reason, I, thought I don't that know. Was somewhere else.
2: We're, we're, we're totally Morocco making this point. up because we didn't see Budapest, <laughs> You're right. and that's that's what's the bummer to me. Is it should have it should have taken place in two different time periods. They should have you know they should have told the story that was happening you know it, after Civil War, but then you know had flashbacks to Budapest um, because the the thing that sucks about all of it, right? Is the thing where she defects from, you know, the Red Room to S.H.I.E.L.D. to the good guys, is a moment when she has to make a decision and kills a kid, right? Like, that wasn't a thing that happened in her life as a, you know, Soviet agent. That was a thing that happened so that she could defect, you know, like, like, that wasn't one of the things from her past that she talks about that she's not proud about. That was her joining the good guys team. And it's Budapest, which is this thing that's like a running gag between her and Hawkeye. Like, if they're, you know, the thing that they keep referencing is a time when she killed a kid. Like, the I think they really, I think they boned that whole thing. And I think it was because they didn't have... You know, I, I think if they had been able to have Jeremy Renner and Samuel L. Jackson in that flashback stuff, it would have been, you know, it, it, would have, it would have been able to tell the story better. And if they had told the story better, it would have served her better.
1: And so I agree with what you just said. You just mentioned Jeremy Renner and Samuel Jackson not being in the flashback. And that makes me think whose voice was it telling her, are we clear to blow up the building?
2: It was Jeremy Renner.
1: Was it Jeremy Renner? Yep. All right.
2: Yeah, so uh, they you know they paid him a couple thousand to get him on the phone,
0: and like, and, and he's already doing the Hawkeye TV series. It's not like he's not still under contract. I just don't think, and inexplicably, I just don't think that's the story they were trying to tell. Because clearly, they weren't all the Budapest stuff that we think would be super interesting to see was not the story they were trying to tell. That was all like this weird little background material to Natasha taking on the the Red Room currently, which was one of my kind of. Problems with this movie was that it all, that it was all going pretty well, and then all of a sudden, the red room is a floating sky fortress, which was just a little bit silly.
2: Um, well, I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't part of the story they were trying to tell, but I think it could have served the story that they were trying to tell, and I think you could have brought in elements it, from that story into the flashback so that. Uh, they held a little more weight in that story. And I think that those two things specifically would be Taskmaster and Red Guardian, um, right? Like, like Red Guardian, what? Which, which David Harbour was amazing, by the way. Yeah, like, he was great. Uh, yeah. uh, he was great. Everything they did with that character was great. I love that they, you know, I love that they kind of made him funny, like that he was, you know, that he kept referencing uh captain america um you know that like it's his it's his big adversary on the geopolitical stage but that he's never fought captain america because captain america was frozen at the time that he was you know active but it's also
1: funny it's also funny because he was saying like when did you he was describing like comic books that happened (laughs) <laughs> and then they were like, when did that happen? He's like, 1984, 1985. That's when those comic books came out with Red Guardian fighting Captain America. But then the bag- the, the other criminal's like, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, man, that <laughs> yeah. was
0: a funny little Easter egg that, um, what's it, uh, uh... Red Guardian was on a team with, like, other characters that were referenced around him. Like, one of them was a, a guy who could turn into a bear, and that guy who he was arm-wrestling... He He's kept. He called him a big bear. bear. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cute little. I didn't catch
1: there. that, but now that you seen it, yeah.
0: But I, I completely agree with you, Paul. Like, I, I, I think you're 100 percent right that this adding those extra bits, like there was room in this movie to add that kind of stuff.
2: Like, well, so, so, le- so let me say this, right? Like, like David, David Harbor was brilliant. Like the the way that he played him when he was undercover. Um, you know very different than this sort of, you know, like, you know, pot bellied washed up has been in the in the prison. And then like what that looked like when he got out and that, you know, there was there was sort of all those like jokes that he had with the kids was um, was was really well done. Right. Um, but uh, the like the actual timeline of his story is weird because that means that he was Red Guardian probably sometime in the Ails. late 80s, early 90s, whatever, you know, that he was, he was like Russia's Avenger, right? And then he goes three years undercover with this mission in the U.S. and then he comes back and the guy puts him in jail, right? If he if that wasn't his story, if he came back and continued to do red guardian stuff and, and if he, if they had him involved in a, a Budapest flashback where he was, um, protecting d- dry. What's the guy's name? Drykov cough. Dry cough. Drey- yeah. Daughter, you know, or Dreykov, right? If they, if they had him involved in that story, right. Um, then, uh, you know, like he could have, he could have fought, other like avenger types it could have been like you know oh like you know this is this is me i am red guardian i am you know rushes this whatever and then if whatever it was failed and that guy puts him in the prison because of that then like that could have been why he's angry about that guy is that he never got to fight captain america you know like that like like the, the captain america thing was such a a weird joke, and I think it almost would have been funnier if like that was why, like that was why he was so angry and wanted his revenge on them. Is that like <laughs> he never got his his heyday as the guy that fights Captain America?
1: It's also weird that he was like asking Scarlett Johansson about it, because that means he believes it. It's not like it wasn't drunken boasting, like "Oh, I fought Captain America." Because then he's like, does he talk about me like? He was asking an honest question, so it's either he's crazy and believes his own nonsense, which is possible. I don't know. He's been in a Russian prison for however long, or I don't know what the war is. I, I mean, maybe he
0: just assumes that Captain America knows who he is. Like,
1: oh right, right. He, he must. It,
0: he must know
2: who I am because I'm. I'm the Russian him. Then and- <laughs> it all could have been fixed by by making. A flashback a beefier thing because you know he could have been he could have been talking about how you know like like he you know like you know who Captain America is he was alive in the forties right he was like rush he was yeah. America's super soldier in the forties, right so yeah. like you know he could have talked about how oh I wish i you know now that I'm a super soldier, I wish that I could have faced you know America on that stage or whatever it was, and then like in in the in the story that they were currently telling then like he must know that captain america is unfrozen and that he's been in prison this whole time you know like i i I think the i think the captain america thing could have been a bigger funnier bit and could have played more into the you know into the um the the uh you know into the the character into the um the reasons the character made choices. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think you're a hundred percent right. If, uh, that, that flashback scene had done more, had been more. And, and like I said, there was room for that in this movie. Like this movie wasn't like super packed. Uh, they could have expanded on that included, uh, Nick Fury and, uh, Clint Barton or even just Clint, and you know, had Nick Fury on the phone, whatever. Uh, that's, it's fine. Right. Uh, but yeah showed us showed us her defecting tell us more of the story and make that it, it make that add on to more reasons why other characters did the things that they did it was it, it is kind of a missed opportunity
2: i think the other thing that they that they if they had had the opportunity of doing a bigger flashback like that it also could have served taskmaster cuz yeah. you know i think i think that like what you what you described was Cool because Taskmaster watched the way the Avengers fought and and mimicked it. So if you were a hardcore fan of these movies and could remember, you know, the way people fought in different movies, then you were seeing that play out on on screen and that that was like sort of a cool Easter egg for you. What you didn't see a lot was Taskmaster being able to copy a thing that she just learned. Um, and you, you kind of saw it that once on the bridge and it was, it was like, it was one of the coolest moments because, um, uh, you know, there's this like, who are you? Why are you here? Type thing. And through Taskmaster's eyes, you're seeing like all these like weird data points and like taking in the information. And then they both flip up at the same time in the same way and it was so cool. If we had had more of that, um, it would have served taskmaster better. If there was stuff that taskmaster could have learned in a flashback, could have observed about Hawkeye or black widow when she fought them, he, she fought them then, then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making up a continuity where taskmaster is not (laughs) the daughter of the, the guy, but, um, you know, if if, uh, if if they wanted to use Taskmaster in a different way, that could have that could have been cool.
1: If they would fleshed it out more, I, I was sure we were going to get an Agent Coulson bit in here, and we didn't because I, I thought yeah. more of it was going to be set in the past. And I, I just like Agent Coulson; he was enjoyable in Agents Shield. I loved it when he showed up in Miss Marvel; it was great. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew we were going at least partially into the past here. Uh, I actually thought more, I thought this movie going into it, I thought the movie was going to be all about, I thought it was going to be basically all about Budapest. I thought it was going to be about Black Widow's transformation from Russian spy to, uh, you know, good guy spy. Um, so I was sure we were getting Agent Coulson and then, uh,
0: instead we got an explanation of why she was wearing that vest and, uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) they did explain because we
0: really wanted to know, like we
2: were all wondering, Where'd she get that vest? I never thought about that vest. I never needed backstory for that vest. But Yelena's lines about it were hilarious. Like that, yeah. That, that was- actress and that character were amazing. You know, I loved how she was like, it's so cool, right? You could put all this stuff in it. Like, so many pockets. She was so good. Yeah. I-, I was a big fan of this would be a cool way to die. That was- <laughs> That was I like how she just got pissed off and took that rocket launcher and like shot it at that you know tower. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was a, it was a great movie. I mean, all the Marvel movies are great movies.
2: Yeah, the
0: the really the the only the problems with this movie are its missed potential. But judged on its own merits, just as a movie on its own, I think it's great.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, I would say that's one of the things that made it hard to. I don't know like really hard to rate this movie and pick it apart because at this point like all the Marvel movies should be kind of amazing right like like (laughs) well like I I mean I'm not saying that they should all like each one should top the next and that they should all be the best movie right like that's I, I don't think that's how they have to work I think that you know, when you have the big team up movies, you're expecting a spectacle, Mm -hmm. but when, you know, you have a movie about an individual character, you can just tell the story. But I'm saying from a technical proficiency standpoint, we're talking about Marvel studios with all of the resources and money and all of the like huge cast of stars that they have at their disposal. Like you, you, you already expect a certain caliber of thing. Like mm-hmm. as far as the, the cast and the fight scenes and the big set pieces and stuff like that. Like you, you know that you're seeing a thing like that. So I think sometimes you're then tricked into thinking that it's better than it was, you know? Um I, I think that, because this movie felt like a little bit of an afterthought, some of that missed potential is very much in the forefront for me. Um, when, you know, if I was a kid who didn't watch this now, but dived into these movies a couple of years from now and was like, Oh, let's check out what this one is. I, I probably would think it's as good as any other one because it has all the cool Marvel things as all the other ones.
0: It does, it just occurred to me now that this does uh, serve, I think, as a better intro point for the Yelena character than uh, Age of Ultron did for uh, Wanda. Like, Wanda always felt like such a weird kind of afterthought to me in most of the movies. Like, I didn't, I just never really cared about her and Vision all that much, just their origins didn't really stick with me. Uh, or at least their, their first appearances, like, they, they didn't carry enough weight until WandaVision, really, uh, was when I started really caring about those characters, because that's where I started really seeing their potential. Um, whereas uh, in- introducing Yelena here, I'm very interested to see where she pops up next. So I don't take that for what it's worth.
1: No, I, I, I agree with you, especially on that WandaVision thing. The I think where they missed it, and again, my guess is it just got edited down, was the Civil War movie when you saw Wanda and Vision hanging out in the, um, the wherever it was together before Wanda goes off and Vision's trying to stop her. But, like, there was one or two quick scenes with them, and I think WandaVision did a good job of filling some of that in. Mm-hmm. But I think in there, if you'd had... Uh, and it's, it's tough with the big team-up movies. you got so many characters you're dealing with. I think we needed, like, three or four more minutes of those two starting to bond I think it would have gone a long way to making you care more about their characters uh, in the preceding movies where they were important. I mean, there was a a whole big, you know, that was the whole big thing in uh, Infinity War was, you know, that whole end end piece was based on vision.
0: But like catching up with them in the beginning of uh, Infinity War, like, okay, well, they're there and I'm not sure I really care. And I remember at the end of Infinity War, watching in the theaters, like, as the characters were all being dusted... Like, each one was like an audience reaction, like "Oh, oh no!" And then Wanda disappeared, and it was like one guy in the background, like "Huh?" (laughs) (laughs) No one cared that she was gone, and that's kind of a bummer because she's, especially as we've seen now in WandaVision, she really is like she's a very capable actor, and she's a really interesting character. I she's just been super underserved so far. Yeah, uh, and and I think that they've done a better job of introducing. They they did a good job of introducing Yelena because I don't feel that with her. I feel invested in that character and not like it's like she's this afterthought.
2: Well, Age of Ultron was weird, and uh, I think Chris saw me get into some internet discussion with somebody about it. Yeah, like, yeah, you were talking to Jared about that. Yeah, it's you know, it's not that it's not that I don't like the movie. It's, you know, it's the same thing. It's like all of these, all of these movies are going to be technically proficient and are going to have like cool stuff about them that you remember, you know? And so like, I thought age of Ultron was a lot of individually individual stuff that was really cool. That was connected together with things that didn't make a lot of sense, you know, like, like, Wanda puts the idea of Ultron in Tony's head to like, you you know what I mean? Like there was just, there was, there was some goofy stuff, but you needed, you needed age of Ultron for everything that came after it. You know, it, 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 introduced a lot of characters. It, um, you know, it was sort of the right, like second step to be an Avengers movie. Right. Because you had, you know, you had them, in the beginning, it was all really deliberate that that you know you had a uh, an Iron Man, well Iron Man two, and then Thor movie, and then a Captain America movie, and all this stuff was building to the Avengers. And you know, some of these smaller movies had to introduce other people for the team, like Hawkeye and Black Widow. They also had to introduce a villain um, for the you know. So when you got to the Avengers movie, we already knew who Loki was. Um, it was all it was all really pieced together well and they were you know they were setting up some of this infinity stone stuff but really they were just thinking one step ahead to the next you know to the the big team up movie i think age of ultron is where you see you see it um fall apart a little bit like you see that that they that they hadn't figured out how to be super cohesive at that point, you know. Yeah, there's um, a lot
0: of great stuff, but it's just a, it wasn't extraordinarily well executed. Like it's a, an extremely like, I, important movie. Like as far as the things that happen in it are super, it's a really pivotal chapter in all of this. But the overall execution of that movie, I, I completely agree with you. It is fairly low on my list as well.
2: I think you see that it comes right after Iron Man three where like Iron Man is like, I'm, I'm going to take a break and lose the suit for a while. And then the next thing, like the movie starts with him in the suit. I think it's also, it was after winter soldier where like, I think they, they were like, yes, shield is going to get rid of these helicarriers because they, you know, they were compromised with the Hydra thing and blah, blah, blah. And then like, there's Nick Fury on a heli- helicarrier. Like there was that like, they hadn't. They, even though they were thinking a couple steps ahead, they hadn't figured out how to connect this stuff and everything after Age of Ultron was much, much, much better at that. And um, they also
0: completely threw away Strucker, like just completely threw away Baron von Strucker, <laughs> like killed off screen and everything. Like, mm-hmm. yikes!
1: It's t- it's tough when you're taking so. <sighs> I don't know know how I feel about it for the MCU because you've got 4 million characters to choose from. So while I do hate it, my initial reaction is, don't do that. You can't just kill somebody off like that. And then at the same time, I'm like, are they ever really going to come back to him? They got like 50 other good Avengers villains that they haven't gotten to yet. In my lifetime, are they going to get to a movie where they're cycling back and going to themselves? Damn, I wish we hadn't killed off on Strucker. It's just, I don't know. I'm not gonna be alive to see it, Chris. I'm not gonna be alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, I know, we've been at this for quite a while. <laughs> Do we have anything else uh in particular we want to dissect about the about the Black Widow movie? I mean, I I think we've touched on pretty much all of it. Uh liked all the performances. I I like the movie overall. Um I love the MCU overall and it's been a uh, God, can you imagine if this was happening when we were kids? Like, every time, I, every time I think about the MCU and just how completely ridiculously awesome this is, like, flaws and all, like, it's definitely not perfect. You know, you've got weird stuff like, the you know, in the Incredible Hulk movie, and there were definitely some growing pains, but, jeez, the fact that this is as good as it is is just nuts to me. It's...
1: Yeah. Again, I think back to what I watched when I was a kid. There was that '90s Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. That one's that's hard to sit through. But as a kid, I was like, "It's a Captain <laughs> it's America, a Captain movie, America movie. On the screen is <laughs> right there." You know, it was. Uh... Yeah. No. Uh, the comic idea of book your movies, movies like interacting
0: with it like this was was unheard of. You know.
1: Oh, forget about it.
0: Tim Burton's Batman was never going to interact with a with a Superman of any flavor. It was just <laughs> well, here is Batman. That's that's. This is, say thank you and world. move on. Yeah, yeah, this is what you get.
1: Yeah, no. Um, we, we could do a whole one of these about, talking about the DC Universe and all the, the things that they've done wrong.
0: <laughs> DC Universe just makes me sad.
1: I know. That because we're watching the Justice universe. League
0: with the kids right now. We're watching the old Justice League cartoon with the kids right now. And it's, it's so easy. This could very easily be done. Very well.
1: The characters are there. It's not like... It's not like the... You, you, The DC Universe, it doesn't... It's not like they fail at, like... It's not like when we were kids and they couldn't pull off costumes and special effects. No. no. Everybody's got that down. Everybody's proficient as hell at it. It's fine. You can make it look however you want to make it look. Um, It's just... I think they, they got in a little late and they saw what Marvel was doing. They were like, we want to be there. And they just...
0: They want to be there and they want to be the success of Christopher Nolan Batman movies at the same time. And they're like, Zack Snyder, you're the worst person for this job. You do it. (laughs) And then he did. And... Because me and Karen just rewatched, uh, just on a complete lark, we rewatched Batman Begins. Because Karen was like, We've watched a lot of Justice League, and it's been reminding me of how much I like Batman. We should watch a Batman movie. So we watched Batman Begins, and that movie holds up great. It's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. It's a great movie. And then we're, we're both sitting there like, Man, how did they screw this up? Like, they really looked at this and said, Well, this was really popular. We should do this, but with the Justice League. It's like, but every member of the Justice League isn't Batman. This tone works for Batman, just like you know the the Joe Johnson tone worked for the nineteen forties Captain America, and the Russo brothers worked for
2: Winter Soldier or whichever one they did. You know, like the the, the Russo brothers did uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, and then Infinity War and End Game, which was. Right great to have the continuity of them for those four movies.
1: And then James Gunn did, brought his flavor to uh, exactly. Guardians, which like, was perfect. They just have to now. have
0: that really unique personality, but also have a through line that connects them all. And with the DCU, it's just like, no, man,
2: let's make Superman edgy. <laughs>
1: let's,
0: <laughs> let's make everyone really angsty and angry and, and dark. Well,
2: and, I think that's a totally different podcast. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, uh, all should, the all the sins that they uh, did with Superman because um, yeah, like that, like none of, none of what they created is what makes Superman endearing. But, um, but no part of the problem with the, the DC uh, universe is that the year that the first Avengers movie came out 2012 was also the same year that dark Knight rises came out. So DC was trying to, to use that as the springboard into their universe. And Christopher Nolan was like, no, I'm done, man. Like, I made my three movies. They're three complete movies. And that's it. I'm tapping out. You got to start from scratch.
1: And they were great. Yeah. I, I, I like the third one. Some people get that. I mean, the first two were better, but I like the third one. it was good.
2: I like the third one, too. I like, I like the them too. I haven't
0: seen it in forever. I'm looking forward to rewatching it sometime because I haven't seen it since, I think, the theater. Uh, but I remember rather liking it. Uh, again, I agree. I don't think it's as good as the first two, but, I mean, it's a pretty damn high bar. So. <laughs> it's a
1: hugely high bar, yeah. right, yeah. I mean, just like the, this Black Widow movie, if I had to rank it, is it going to be in the top five Marvel movies? No, it's not. No. But th- 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 it's almost all home runs.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, this is hanging out with some of the lower ones like on, on my personal list. It's definitely towards the bottom but it's on a bottom of list. It's a bottom of a list of movies that I love every single one of them. Right. Like the when I'm looking at my list that I was figuring out trying to rank, the only thing I actively don't really enjoy Wait, is season guess. one of Iron Fist.
1: Oh, oh, oh! You're <laughs> counting the TV. Yeah, I was counting the TV, <laughs> TV series too.
0: It's like yeah, it's season one of Iron Fist. Literally everything else. What was your guess going to be?
1: Uh, when we were just talking the movies, I was like, which movie does he not like? I was going to go Thor two. Uh, it's, it, I love
0: Thor 2. Do you? I like that movie more than most people do. I was gonna say
1: I, a lot of people give it a hard time. I enjoy it, but I kind of get the like. I kind of get the complaints about Thor 2 a little bit. That or Hulk, I, I think, are the two slowest ones for me. That it like, there's just some downtime in them.
0: Yeah, there's some downtime they, in them. The portal I, I fight I like at them. the end. With Malekith is genius. <laughs>
1: it is. It is. I, I like the movies. If I had to rank all the MCU movies, those two would be towards the bottom of the list. Yeah,
0: they definitely go, go towards the bottom. Same with Incredible Hulk. I rather enjoy that movie, but it really feels disconnected from the rest of the MCU too, especially
2: yeah. with the Edward Norton thing. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen Thor 2 in a while. I feel like I would have to watch it to know exactly where I would, you know, exactly how much I did or didn't like it but you know i mean i remember it being fine again like even even the worst of these is pretty good yeah um i i think a lot of people give iron man 2 a bad rap and i i, I kind of like that movie <laughs> i think iron man 2 is, that's another one that i don't
0: understand like people really like people rag on that movie hard and i don't know we just re karen and i did a, an MCU rewatch last year before uh, uh we finished it up right before wandavision hit earlier this year and, like, when we got to Iron Man 2, it's like, this This is great. <laughs>
1: this, <laughs> I
2: had a good time great. with what that What did
1: one. you want? They introduced Black Widow in that movie, right?
0: Yeah, they introduced Black Widow like, in that movie. On. I understand, like, again, it comes from a lot of people's, like, preconceived expectations of, like, that's, you didn't do Whiplash enough service. Like, okay, but it, I, it, I don't know Whiplash from a hole in the wall in the comics. Again, I don't know his personality. It was great.
1: I mean, I don't know the numbers. There's got to be there's got to be a thousand nameable yeah. Marvel villains. <laughs> you burn through Whiplash. He's not in the top fifty. He's not in the top hundred. Right? There's a hundred <laughs> bigger Marvel villains than Whiplash. It's all right. <laughs> like, and 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 Justin
0: Hammer this. was fantastic in that movie. He's so much fun to watch. No, I think that movie's great. And and Don Cheadle is just a a way better. Um, uh, War Machine. Oh
1: yeah! I think, too. Oh no, my God! Yeah. Yeah. The other guy was too flat. I can't remember that other. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard.
0: Yeah. He's... No. Terrence Howard. Did I've not seen some things War that M-. I
1: like. Terrence Howard. But for War Machine, I don't. I don't think he popped off.
0: Yeah. No. I agree. But yeah, it all worked out in the end. So all right. Uh, overall, overall, everyone's giving this one a thumbs up.
1: Oh hell yeah!
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll give it a. I'll give it a thumbs up. Good. Not a bad movie. <laughs> i, I, really I like again as i as I watched it the second time i i feel like I was able to appreciate it for what it was um uh yeah i i guess i'll I'll say a, one more thing about it you you sort of asked if we had any other thoughts about it and i i don't know i think I think one of the best things about the movie is the um is this sort of like unlikely family story you know that that mm. um uh of course all of these uh you know all of these people that um are sort of like raised to have like no you know no allegiances and no family you know ties and no um you know nothing that could compromise them, um that they would uh that they would sort of like find family in this like sort of like fake thing that they had to do for a couple of years, this undercover mission. Um, and, and like the, the, I think the stuff about it that is most successful is, you know, when it, when it, um, when, when those ties to that family is the thing that is, you know, more important than the mission or, you know, or whatever the thing is um makes it really cool and uh, Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh that played Elena were both like am- like had amazing moments with that you know like um you know she, her her uh um Elena's conversation with um David Harbour with Red Guardian you know like it I I thought she was so amazing that that little stretch of time was so important to her you know what I mean that mm-hmm. like that was the thing that she always thought was her family um, yeah like to me that was the best part of the movie like when I go back and I like pick it apart like that's the thing that's most successful about it to me
0: well said Indeed. <laughs> alright then then that's, a, that's the note that we are going to end on uh, that is going to be our show as a reminder to everyone our homework is Crank starring Jason Statham so if you want to watch along, have at it. I'm uh, I'm excited.
2: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too.
0: All right, everyone. A Theater Near You is a part of the Geekade Podcast Network. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, to share your comments, movie suggestions, or whatever, you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com. We can also be found on most social media outlets and the official Geekade Discord server, all of which can be found in our show notes. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time in a theater near you.